thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast. I'm Paul Thompson, the Barefoot Podiatrist, and I'm really excited about this episode. I I get a lot of questions about earthing or grounding. Some of you may have heard about it um, or be interested in learning more about it. And it's not something that I specifically, uh, you know, claim to know much about at all. So really excited to have with me the author of the Earthing book. Really excited to welcome Clint Ober. Welcome, Clint. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, I hope I can contribute some information that will be of value to everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you uh, I'm sure you will. So... Just to um to get us started, I'd love for you to explain a bit about your backstory, how you, uh, well, I guess where you came from, and how you got into earthing, and to like where you're at now with writing books about earthing and being part of, um, you know, the science behind it and, and different products that we can use to aid in earthing. What's the journey been like? Well, it's been quite interesting. I had no idea when I was younger, that I would end up doing what I'm doing. But, but basically, um, you know, I, I grew up in Montana, which is uh, one of the northern northernmost uh, states in the United States. And uh, it's really big, wide open spaces, kind of a little bit like us, parts of Australia. And a lot of, and we had, uh, you know, I was raised on a ranch where we had cattle. So anyhow, so I started out very young, you know, sitting on a horse all day looking for a cow that didn't look right or wasn't acting right. If we found one, we took her out of the pasture, put her in a holding pen, and then we'd ride the pasture out and find out, you know, make sure the grass is not too short, make sure there's no noxious weeds, make sure the water's okay. And uh, But there was always something wrong, so you'd end up moving the herd uh, to, a, a you know, where there's a fresh section where the grass is fine, there's no weeds, and the water is better, fine. So, you know, the whole concept behind that is prevention. Uh, I was told when I was very young, you know, that, you know, you're a cowboy here, but not like TV. <laughs> what you do is you sit here, you just babysit the cows. But but the whole concept was, is if, if one of the cows gets sick, and you have to go find out what's wrong with the pasture, and because there's something going on that made that cow sick. And so you have to fix it, because... If it affects the whole herd, then you have to call the banker and the vet and toss them the keys because there's no way you're going to make any money in in that industry. Uh, you have to have uh, – so the whole concept is keeping the cows healthy, creating an environment that they would always be healthy so that you could have a successful um, a year. So anyhow, and with that kind of in my background, I've always looked at everything in the world. I mean, no matter what happens, I, I always look at the cause. You know, what's caused, you know, what caused this? What, what caused that? And so, but anyhow, after um, I, I left there when I was about 18, 19, and I went to work, um, and I was in, you know, went to town and went to work in uh, uh, ended up in the cable television industry. They were just starting to build cable 
television systems and nobody really knew much about them but uh, so I was on very much on the ground floor and so I started um, you know just helping the operator you know do I mean market their business and and then we had to create a company that could actually when they would go sell things we'd have to have trucks and people and whatever that could go install it so we I ended up owning a company called Telecrafter Corporation which was one of the largest companies in the country that did uh, built cable system out in the um, installations and so on. So anytime uh, somebody would, you know, subscribe to cable, then what we'd have to do is we'd have to run a wire from the, the cable lines on the pole to the house or underground. And then we would have to drive a ground rod in the earth and connect the cable to it, and then then we could finish running the cable into the house. And so anything that goes into the house, whether it's telephone power, cable, water, gas, everything has to be grounded to the earth. And the reason is to prevent fire. So it's like in cable television, telephone, if there's a lot of static, if there's wind blowing, it'll create static on the line. Um, if there is an electro, I mean, electromagnetic interference, interference from other signals and so on. And then if there's lightning or, um, you know, dust storms, anything, they'll create charge on the lines. And so they just had to be grounded in order to maintain electrical stability of the cable system. And so the pictures look good and that there's no damage or no harm done in case there was an electrical event. So anyhow, over, I was in that industry about 30 years. And so um, grounding something was second nature to me. Uh, if there was something that wasn't working properly or there was noise, <clears throat> the common word was more ground. We need more ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, ground everything, ground everything better. So I had that working knowledge of, of grounding. And one day about... Oh, 30, you know, about, I, I, it was, a, I, how, when was it? It was back in 90, you know, the late 90s. Um, <clears throat> I was doing some work on a computer that had a um, sort of static electricity. Would, every time I touch it, it would glitch up and then would have to shut it down and bring it back up. And I knew it was static electricity. So what I did is I created a um, path, wouldn't fix the outlet. It wasn't, it wasn't grounded properly fixed the outlet and grounded my computer and then I could go and work and everything was perfect. So after I got that done one, I, that afternoon I was out there uh, sitting, I just went outdoors and sat on a bench and, and I was in uh, Sedona, Arizona, which is kind of a, a tourist town. And I was sitting there and there were, there's all these buses that are coming through that town and then the tour groups get off and then they go and, you know, go in, yeah, in and out of all the little stores and everything, the tourist type stores. And then, you know, this one bus pulled up and it was a, a tour from Japan. And they're a little shorter than most people uh, as a group. And they were all wearing white Nike type tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it just was so obvious that I, and looking at it and thinking about it, I thought, well, maybe they'd been to a mall 
one of those strip malls and or outlet malls and Nike shoes were on sale because they all kind of looked the same and they were big. So anyhow, I, um, the thought went through my mind. I said, I wonder if there's any consequence to humans no longer being grounded. Mm. This question was 20 some years ago. Now, when I'm 75, I'll be 76 here in a few months. Um, when I was young, we were either barefoot, uh, well, we were barefoot, we lived barefoot. Yep. And the only time we wore shoes is when we would go to school, go to church, go to an event, marriage, funeral, whatever. And, but if we were going to school and it was raining, uh, oftentimes we would have to take our shoes off and carry them in our hands so that the shoes wouldn't get wet because if they got wet, it would ruin the shoes. And a lot of people had galoshes or you know rubber boots, but you can't carry them back and forth all the time. So most of the time, we were, we were most happy to tie the shoestrings together, put them around our neck, and walk walk home barefoot. So barefoot was a common thing, and most everybody would have been barefoot the majority of their life because shoes were very expensive and they're leather and they didn't last very long. Mm. And you, and we had, we had people, you know, uh, shoe repair companies. I mean, you, there was a shoe repair man everywhere. <laughs> um, so anyhow, it's kind of interesting. And then, but anyhow, so, uh, I, again, this was back in the late nineties and, um, I really had no idea except that I knew that you have to ground things, um, you know, to maintain electrical stability. And I knew that the human body is the most electrical thing in the environment. There's nothing more electrical than a body. I mean, a computer's not, doesn't even come close. Uh, so because every cell, everything in the body is electrical in nature. Every cell is a transceiver. It transmits and receives data and responds accordingly. <clears throat> how cells feed themselves as they polarize and depolarize, pulling things into the cell and pushing things out. And so anyhow, there's a, um, it was just interesting to ask, and I didn't really know, but I just suspected that, you know, before 1960, we were always barefoot, everybody was barefoot. In the 50s, there's just no question about it. But in the, um, 1960, about 1959, 1960, they invented the polymers, the synthetic materials. And the first thing they did was put them on, start putting them on the soles of shoes. So by the 70s, it was hard to find a leather sole shoe. Mm. And I, would, I was on a, you know, a cowboy growing up, so I always wore cowboy boots, and they were always leather. But in the mid-70s, they even started putting rubber shoes on them, rubber soles on them. But anyhow, I didn't know. So what I did is I went home that night, and I pulled out some meters and things that I had because I have this electrical background. And I started measuring the charge that is on, you know, the difference in electrical potential between the body and the earth. And you have all this noise in the environment. You have all these environmental electric fields. 
you have uh, radio, TV, you know, police, uh, airline, every you can. I mean, hundreds of you know, uh, local radio, two-way radio, and today you have millions of cell phones. So there's just a sea of of noise in our living environments. Now, generally, I thought, well, that it's not going to hurt you because, like, if you go to Chicago and you stay at the Palmer House, the first night the L goes by, there's no way you're going to sleep, but you're going to be there for a week at a convention. So the second night still bothers you, and the third night you don't hear it. After that, you you adapt to it, and everything's okay. Mm. <laughs> but I I had that kind of thought went through my mind. I said, how can people put up with all this noise? And But anyhow, so <clears throat> what I did is I went home. I mean, I, checked, I started measuring myself, and I found all these extraneous charges on my body. And I knew I wasn't... A, earth potential because I had no connection to the earth. So I went to the hardware store and I bought a roll of three inch wide uh, metal duct tape like you put on ducts, heating ducts. And I, <clears throat> I laid it across my bed and I threw a wire out the window, connected it to, I mean, put an alligator clip on the, on the aluminum foil and then put a uh, through the wire out the window and connected it to a small ground rod I had. And then I <clears throat> took a second wire, did the same thing, but I connected it to a meter. And so <clears throat> I went in there and I was playing with the meter, looking at it, kind of realizing, looking at the voltage. And then I looked at it when, as soon as I would lay on the tape, then I would be at zero. I mean, no, I was at earth potential, meaning I had no charge on my body because when you're grounded, your body is equal to the earth, it's one, it's, it's a part of the earth, electrically speaking. And so um, local signals, I mean, like 60 hertz EMF and stuff, they bounce off of you. They don't, they, they can't penetrate the body or perturb electrons in the body. Really? Right. And so that's the reason you ground everything is to, pre to shield it and protect it and prevent it and to, and to maintain electrical stability and uh, eliminate charge. So grounding to me made all the sense in the world. So as soon as I grounded myself, that's why I did it that way. Because I knew if I grounded my body, my body's conductive, salt water. <laughs> and I, I said, so it'd be no different than grounding a computer or an amplifier or a receiver or any other electrical piece of gear. <clears throat> if it's metal and it's grounded is going to be shielded and protected from um, this environmental stuff. It's called EMI, electromagnetic and electromagnetic interference. So EMI is what we use. Now, a lot of people use EMF. Uh, they're, not, they're not really sure what they're talking about sometimes, but it doesn't matter. It's just I know what they're talking about, but the language doesn't make sense sometimes. So, and, so anyhow, um, I was sitting there playing with it and laying, laying on the tape. I was grounded, rolled off of it a couple of times, rolled back on. could see that all the electric fields were gone. The charges on my body were gone. And... Um, <clears throat> The next thing I knew, it was morning, and the voltmeter, the test meter, was laying down by my side, and I had fallen asleep and just slept on that tape all night long. 
And it was astounding to me because at that time I was, um, you know, 54, 55, something like that. And I grew up on a ranch and I, I skied most of my life. I've had tennis injuries, back surgery. I've had other major surgery. And so I was, you know, living in pain. And so in order to go to sleep, most of the time I had to take Advil and sometimes pain pills. And that night I just fell asleep. And I woke up in the morning and I just felt rested, of course. And I got up and I said, wow, this is incredible. I said, so there is something going on here. And this is the first night that you'd slept on it all night? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I slept on a piece of tape. And um, so anyhow, I played with it for another few nights, and then I got a hold of a couple of my friends uh, and said, "You want? i got to show this to you. You, know, <laughs> you may want to try it. And so I went and fixed up their – the wives didn't like it because here I was putting tape across their sheets. It's kind of gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, a couple of, a few days later, this one guy come over and he said, you know, he said, do you think this could be having any effect on arthritis? And I said, no, I don't think so. I think it's just sleep. And then all of a sudden I realized that most of the pain in my body had started to quiet way down. And I didn't have to take the Advil like I was taking it. And I thought, wow, this is something. This is really something. Then I started to look. Now, back then, the Internet was not much. You had AOL, and you, had, you could do uh, data retrieval with Nexus, Lexus, and some of those kind of databases. But we didn't have the Internet like we have today. But, and, and, what and it was hard to find things on the Internet. And, and it was slow, very slow. It was on, on phone line. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> anyhow, I uh, couldn't find anything, and so I went down to the uh, – medical library down at the University of Arizona in Tucson. And again, I found talked to a few people, but nobody knew anything about grounding the body or pain or anything like that. They said the only time we ground a human is before surgery because they have to be grounded because as soon as you open the skin or do a surgery, open the skin, then if there's any static electricity, it can get into the body and create a uh, cardio event. Wow. So <clears throat> everything, everyone has to be grounded when they have surgery, but they, it's just, they think more about static electricity or more about the oxygen in the room, you know, things like that. Mm. Uh, every, everything has to be grounded in a, in a surgical ICU or any of those, um, those rooms, operating rooms. So <clears throat> anyhow, I went back to Sedona and, Really puzzled because this really works. This really, this is really happening because it's not just me. It's two of my friends also. And I said after I just kept playing with it, and I said, you know, after a bit, I said, you know, I, I got to go find out what this is. So I said, I'm going to go out to LA. I'm going to go to UCLA, <laughs> and I did because I figured, well, if anybody can understand this, they would. So I ended up going out there and telling them what I was doing and asking about doing a study, if they would do a study, or what to do, you know, what to do with it. And they said, well, <clears throat> um, first of all, they said, you expect us to believe that somebody's going to put a nail in the ground, tie a wire around it, and then tie it around somebody's toe and they're going to sleep better? They said, you're crazy. 
said, you're nuts. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but anyhow, we kind of buddied up a little bit after that. And I kind of, but um, anyhow, they said, you know, to do a study, it would cost like $5 million, might take five years, and there's no guarantee it would be published. I said, well, that's nonsense. I said, this is too simple. It's about pain. Everybody's got pain. And so I ended up asking a couple of the kids that were there, uh, students doing uh, their doctorates or whatever. And uh, so anyhow, they helped me put together a study. And we made up 60 pads out of conductive material. And then we had 30 of them that you could, when they had wires that that worked and would ground 30 of them. They were kind of placebo. They wouldn't, they had a patch in the middle so they couldn't conduct. And then we, then we had to get subjects. And so I went to a couple of the doctors and I said, I need some patients to get pain. They said, get out of here. We're not going to give you any of our patients. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird concept, isn't it? Like when you think about it, I mean, it makes sense when you're explaining it now, but I mean, when I first heard of earthing, I must, I must admit I was probably, similar in that it's like well yeah it sounds weird it's it's yeah yeah but then the more you explain this it it really makes sense yeah. so did you end up getting some patients well I, I did you know but i had to say i have to say the same thing that i didn't believe it myself except except that it made pain go away and you slept better and that's pretty profound because everybody has sleep problems and everybody's got pain and no matter who you ground, the pain goes away. But anyhow, to get subjects, I had I was in I had to go get a haircut that day. So I was in a beauty salon, and it was full of women doing whatever and talking like they always do. And I kept hearing them talk about sleep and pain or whatever. And so after I got my hair done, I went up and talked to the owner, and I said, you know, I, I'm doing a study, and I need to find uh, 60 people in, to involve them in our enroll them in our study they don't have to pay anything and um and it's about pain and sleep and then the lady looked at me she says honey how many people do you want <laughs> <laughs> so i ended up getting 60 subjects but i had to go to about a half a dozen salons um, but that's where that was the easiest place to get subjects so that's how we ended up with subjects and then i had a nurse that uh, joined in and she took over uh, all the questionnaires of the subjects and then it was double blind for them. So what they did is we had 60 cores and assigned 60 different numbers. And they pull them out of the hat and give them to me and say, this person gets that. They didn't know what it was. I, I did what I installed because I had to test it. So anyhow, that, uh, that study went, went well. It took uh, a few months to get them all grounded. But there's one little thing that I can tell you that is really interesting about that. And it's how I really kind of understood that it was really ground. Uh, because I thought in the beginning it was maybe, well, when I'm grounded, I, I'm eliminating all these EMFs and everything on my body. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was the, the electric fields that were causing the problem. But anyhow, I, I, one day I went to two different homes, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And one was a lady who was about, in her, in her 80s, and she had flaring arthritis in her arms. And she couldn't participate in what the little test that I did. When I, so what I did, her, her son was there. We went into the bedroom. We grounded the bed. And, 
And then we brought her in and showed her what we were doing because it's just a mat that went under the sheet. And so we brought her in she and told her what we were doing, and she agreed with all of it. And then in order, I just wanted to test her body voltage before and after, so I had to use electrode patches on her hands. I put one to the meter and one um, to the bed pad that was going, I mean, the one that was going to the bed pad. And we were talking, and after a few minutes, she said, well, this one's working, but, or this one here's not working. And I looked at it, and I couldn't understand what she was talking about. She said, it's, you know, this one's not working. So anyhow, she, she mentioned pain. I said, the pain's going down? And so I realized the one going to the earth was, you know, the, uh, that was the one that she was experiencing the relief in. And the other one is going to a, the voltmeter, so it couldn't possibly ground her. So I switched the the wires, and then after a few minutes, she says, "Now it's starting to work." <laughs> and, uh, this is flaring, this is flaring arthritis. I mean, this is you know red heat flares. Um, so it can be that quick. Oh yes, yes, it's very quick because um, because anyhow, what it is is. Well, I'll get into that in just a little bit, but basically, it's it's uh, you have to understand what inflammation is, and I'll bring that up in a minute or so. But anyhow, I wanted to talk about these two people. So anyhow, then I went over to this other person's house, and this was a man. He was in his eighties. He had just had cardiovascular surgery. He had arthritis. He had just all of the things that these eighty-year-old people have, except that. When I went into his bedroom, there were no electric fields whatsoever. He had one lamp, and it was on the other side of the room, or from his bed. It was an adobe house. It was uh, adobe floor, concrete, concrete, you know, type floor, and there just weren't any electric fields. And the and it was a metal bed stand standing on ground. So I would go over and mail his bed, and, and there was just no noise there at all, electrical noise. And so I said, well, this is unfortunate because. He's getting a live pad, and I said, you know, it's just too bad because we're not going to get results out of him. He's already, he doesn't have any electric field. Well, anyhow, grounded him. Everything went well. A month later, when they went and collected the data from those people, and they put it on a table, and I was looking at it one day, and I said, there's something wrong here because these people both had the same results. One of them had the most electric fields I'd ever seen, heating pad, everything, and the other one had no electric fields, nothing whatsoever. And so I went home after that, and I said, okay, there's something wrong here. And I checked the mats, and everything was perfect. You know, it was a live mat. And I said, well, there's something amiss. So that's when I realized, I said, it's not the electric fields, because this guy didn't have any, and this person had more than I'd ever seen. So it was like a message from the universe, hey, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I then I began to do some tests and realized that it was just connecting the person to the ground alone that was producing, that was reducing the inflammation. Wow. So, but anyhow, that's kind of how it all came together. And then the question was, after I did, had done the first study, I started showing it to doctors and various different people, and they said, well, it's all great, and it all makes sense, whatever. But we want to know why. What is the mechanism of action? Mm. What's going on here? So what is going now, on here? <laughs> yes. And so, 
And I didn't know. I had not a clue. Um, but anyhow, I went and I met a radio or um, anesthesiologist. And he is just getting ready to retire. And he said, you know, I'd love to do that study with you. And so we grounded uh, about, I think it was like 15 women. And we measured cortisol. And we were taking, um, they would chew a, a little uh, saliva every four hours for 24 hours. And we put them and freeze them and send them to a lab. And then we did it again after six weeks. And we ground them and then we did it again. And what happened was everybody who had, um, well, they were all grounded because they were their own controls here. Um, so, but everybody's cortisol, when we started, they were all over the place. So the younger people had very high cortisol at 4 a.m. And the, uh, the older women had very low cortisol uh, you know, kind of like a, exhausted adrenals. Um, <clears throat> then um, we went to um, eight weeks later, we gathered all the information again, looked at it again, and everybody's cortisol synchronized, meaning they all went into a nice little band. And these people didn't live in the same city even, but they their cortisol looked like spaghetti before, but afterward, they, they all came together and synchronized. And most of all, at 4 o'clock is when cortisol started to spike, and at 6 o'clock is when it reached a peak. There was no daylight. There was, no, no, there was nothing in the environment that could have triggered the body at 4 o'clock to uh, start producing cortisol. And the reason that we knew it was the earth, because there was some stewardesses that were in the study, that we had to take out because their cortisol was always three hours off when they came to town. Okay. And so they were on New York time because that's where their home base. And they spent like, you know, three days a week and or three days, yeah, three days a week, whatever in San Diego. So then we realized that not only is it uh, reducing inflammation, but it's also signaling cortisol to start climbing at 4 a.m. because it, if you, the reason you have heart attacks in the morning is people have low cortisol. So your cortisol has to climb early in the morning because that's what gets you out of bed and allows you to get up and go. So anyhow, we learned there that, okay, and uh, Dr. Golly wanted to figure out, you know, what's the mechanism there. So he thought, well, it's cortisol or it's, you know, a stress hormone and it's got to be something to do with hormones. And so anyhow, we produced that study. And then we also measured heart rate variability. And the problem was we had all this good data, but nobody understood it. Not, none of the doctors in San Diego even had a clue. And again, this is back in 2000, 2001. And so uh, Dr. Stephen Sinatra, who was a cardiologist, was attending a, um, uh, a health event, I mean, or a, <clears throat> you know, where they get the continued education units. And he was a teacher. And so we said, well, let's go ask him because he's a cardiologist. He's got to know what this is about. So we went over there and we talked to him and uh, told him what we were doing and showed him everything. And then when he looked at me and he says, Clint, he says, if you're affecting, if you're affecting and you're reducing uh, pain, he says, you need to be looking at inflammation because you can't have pain unless you have inflammation first. 
And if the pain stops, the inflammation has to stop first. Then the pain will stop. And nobody had heard of this. And it was quite interesting. And, and then, um, so I started researching inflammation. And then it took me a while, about a year, and then I finally figured it out. I finally found that uh, whenever you have a pathogen in the body or a damaged cell, the immune system will send a neutrophil or a microphage or something. And anyhow, it'll go over, like a neutrophil will go over and encapsulate the pathogen or the damaged cell and release reactive oxygen species. And those reactive oxygen molecules, they rip electrons from the damaged cell or the pathogen and destroy it. That's how the immune system works. Hmm. Really surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> it surprised a lot of docs. And um, <clears throat> so anyhow, then um, in about 204, Time Magazine comes out and here's this article and it says, Body on Fire Inflammation. And underneath in small words, it says, you don't have cancer, you don't have this, you don't have that, you don't have whatever. What you have is chronic inflammation, meaning the immune system is compromised, and uh, chronic meaning chronic inflammation, mm -hmm. and, and that the, uh, that <clears throat> this chronic, what you have is chronic inflammation, and it will manifest differently in different people um, you know, diet can have an effect, your smoking can have an effect, these kind of things. But if you don't have inflammation, it's hard. You can't have cancer. You can't have these health disorders unless you have extended periods of inflammation. And so then the question was, what caused the body to continue to produce inflammation? Because inflammation is a is not something you find in nature. Animals in the wild do not experience uh, cancer. Uh, they don't have, you know, the wild animals, they don't have heart disease, cancer, lupus, MS, arthritis, they don't have any of these things. But animals who live indoors with their owners, they all manifest the same type of health disorders as their owners. 50% of all indoor animals die of cancer. Really? In the wild, the cancer doesn't exist in the, you know, the coyotes and the, uh, I, mean, I don't know what the kangaroos, but I'm sure. You'll have to check. <laughs> same down there. But you look at the wild animals, what do you see? You see health. Uh, unless there's an environmental problem with, you know, lack of food, water, whatever. So anyhow, um, I started by, you know, using cowboy logic, said, okay, if inflammation is the cause of all these problems and inflammation is something modern then again ties back to the shoes because it was 1960 about when the shoes came on the scene and before then diabetes was one in 10,000 lupus was one in 10,000 um, MS all of these autism one in 10,000 all of these autoimmune diseases, all of these inflammation-related health disorders, cancer, all of them, and there's about 100 of them, they all restarted in earnest in the, in the early 60s, and then they have been growing exponentially ever since. 
And so <clears throat> the only thing that really correlates with this, and it took me a couple of years to figure it out, was the shoes, because there's nothing else in the environment. Electric fields, power lines, they were around in the 1800s. So, I mean, it wasn't that, because we didn't have these health disorders back, you know, until you know, about the 60s. What about like uh, food or like, has any of that sort of changed in that time? Well, yes, it did. And I remember uh, uh, Dr. Joe McCall and a bunch of them, we, got, we were on a panel one day, and, and Joe says, well, I don't believe that because I believe that it has to be high fructose sugar. So I stood up and went over to the chart, and I said, when did high fructose sugar come along? 1974. Well, we're 14 years into it. The curve is already well established prior to high fructose sugar. So, no, there's no question that, that food and lifestyle – you know, exacerbated or contributed contributes to all of this. I'm not saying that at all, but what I'm saying is there's an underlying um, thing here. Yeah. And so, so you know, we lost our ground because when you are, I mean, you have to realize that the Earth is negative about 20 millivolts, DC millivolts, and if you um, stand barefoot on the Earth your body is conductive, your body is going to absorb Earth's free electrons, and you're going to equalize with the Earth, and the body within a very short period of time will be 20 millivolts negative. Well, the reason we ground everything in the electrical world is to, to maintain the Earth's negative electric surface charge on it. So, uh, <clears throat> but anyhow, so the, you cannot have inflammation in a grounded body. If you go outdoors and stay barefoot the rest of your life and you know, live that way, live that lifestyle, sleep on the, in, like we used to in the dirt or in the caves or whatever, mm. you, can't, you can't have inflammation you, you, because the body's negative. It has a negative charge. And uh, when it's negative, it means, in, in a sense, no charge. But what it really means is a reservoir of free electrons that are readily available to move, do work, and the only work they do is reduce charge. So, so that's where it gets interesting. So <clears throat> the neutrophils, for instance, if you have, you know, a neutrophil come over and destroy a cell or a pathogen, if you don't have enough redox potential or enough free electrons in your body to clean up any residual radicals, then within nanoseconds, they're going to go and rip an electron from a healthy cell mm. because these radicals, I mean, that's why they call them radical because they can do damage. So anyhow, then as soon as you damage another cell, I mean, the, you, the, the uh, radical has reduced itself, so it's no longer a problem, but in the process, it damaged the cell, so you have collateral damage. So now immune system says, you know, the message goes out to the immune system, here's a cell in trouble, so the immune system sends another neutrophil, does the same thing again. So now, all of a sudden, we have, you know, continuous collateral damage, or we have a, we've started a fire. And so that's where the word chronic inflammation comes from, because you have to have something feeding, you know, something producing uh, white blood cells over there producing radicals, continuously in order for this oxidative process to continue on. It isn't eating something that's high in 
uh, free radicals, it's about the immune system <laughs> producing producing free radical. So anyhow, again, cowboy logic. Well, if I ground somebody and the pain stops immediately, then what I've done is I've flooded their body with free electrons. The body's now negative, and the fire automatically goes out. Like a lady, if a lady has MS, uh, and she's sitting there, and if, if it's severe, you can see the muscles move, and she, sometimes she has to hold her arm and control herself. <clears throat> but So that means she's got active MS. That means she's in pain. That means she has a fire going on. The immune system is oxidizing the myelin sheath uh, that you know, covers the nerves, and that's what MS is. So all I have to do is put a patch on that hand and let him sit there for 5, 10 minutes, and all of a sudden... She is, they, they all say the same thing. It's like somebody poured water on their hands. There's a cool, cooling effect. And then the fire, the pain stops, the fire is out. And then I tell them, I say, you no longer have MS. You got a lot of damage from MS, but you don't have MS because you stopped the process. Mm. When you get ungrounded and you go back to your lifestyle, then your MS is going to come back. But if you get grounded and stay grounded for a long enough period of time, then the body will heal itself and recover and you'll get your life back. And I've seen it. I, I, it's just, it's never ending. It, it always comes down to lifestyle. So how long would, um, like once someone's like being grounded, especially in the early stages, how long would those effects last for after each session? Uh, it's cumulative. It takes time. It builds up. So the first time uh, you start getting ungrounded, probably 15, 20, 30 minutes later, pain will start coming back. You keep doing it, and then all of a sudden it's an hour, and then all of a sudden it's a couple hours. Uh, and then it depends on a lot of what you're doing, too. If you're out working or uh, exercising or whatever, you're in, the inflammation will come back faster. Um, <clears throat> so bottom line, it's, um, it's so the mechanism of action is loss of ground. Mm. Now, nobody in the nobody wants to hear this to a large degree um, because it's kind of an inconvenient truth. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> it's like, what do I do with my shoes? And I'm not going to go barefoot, and I'm not going to give up my lifestyle. Uh, and then on the other hand, you've got a lot of the docs who say, I mean, I've got a lot of doc friends, especially cardiologists now. And I remember one of them, and I, and I don't hold this against anybody. This is just the way it is. But I, I, one of them kept ordering what we call this recovery bag. And it's just a, we use it for their sporting, for their athletes. And it's just a big sheet that's conductive and it's got a zipper on it. And they roll it up in and they carry it with them. And it's, Called a recovery bag. So if the after the race or after the workout, after whatever they're doing, they crawl in the bag and ground some out, and then they feel better. So anyhow, a couple of these docs used to keep ordering this from me, and one day I asked him. I says, "I'm going to be coming, I'm driving by the, in your area, so I'll just drop him off." And he said, "Fine." So I got there and met him. Interesting guy, and he'd been doing business for a year or two. And I asked him. I said, "What do you do with these?" And he said, well, I, you know, it's for myself and, and the other docs here, we use it to control our hypertension, to stay off the hypertension meds. And I said, why don't you give it to your patients? And he said, oh, no, we could never do that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a terrible business move. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, 
That's what he said. He put his hand on my shoulder and he says, look at that door. He said, and they had three, three cardiologists in there and a couple of gals. And, but anyhow, he said, look at that door. He says, anytime somebody walks through that door, they're worth $10,000 to, to us as a firm just in doing tests. Just wow. to get them into the system. And he said, they're, they're all going to go on meds one way or another because they're, they all have problems. That's why they're there. And so, I mean, he's going to, you know, so anyhow, they make their living, you know, and then, then they want to keep them coming back. So they have to get them on script and so on. But anyhow, what this comes down to, a doctor is no different than any other businessman. Here, these oh, guys, sure. they go to school for 12 years uh, and, you know, do their internship, do all that kind of stuff. Then they get married. Now they got a wife that's married to a doctor and she wants to live that way. <laughs> yep. So they got to go higher on a hog, and then, and and then uh, they got all the overhead of the business, so they have to maintain status quo. Mm. After they get, and he said, after they get through, and I can't help them anymore, or I can't get any more out of them, then I'll send them to you. <laughs> it's funny you say that though, because in my industry as a podiatrist here in Australia, you know, our bread and butter are things like orthotics. Um, yes that I guess help keep people off the ground as well, um, stop them grounding. But when I started doing what I do, which is helping people rehabilitate their feet and essentially yes. get them out of orthotics, it, it was the same conversation I was having with, with um, people from my industry. You know, they were like, what are you doing? You know, this is, this is how we make our living. Like, right. don't, don't tell people they can actually fix themselves because that's how we make our money. So it's a shame that's kind of what, what happens in any industry in any any business, yeah. but it's, but you can't hold it against anybody because that's the way the world is. A hundred percent. Yeah, and, and so you kind of have to find a way to for everybody to work together, and and that's what we do. We help people it's like we work primarily with MS, lupus, uh, the autoimmune disease, to, because to a large degree, there's nothing anybody can do. Mm. I mean, you can't. There's not. I mean, you can give them. Uh, like lupus, you can put them on um, steroids for a while, but then you got to take them off in a few months. Um, but that's all you can do. And so it's kind of, and most people don't want, I mean, most people don't want uh, lupus and MS type patients, arthritis, because there's nothing they can do. Autism, they, they don't really want autistic patients. There's no you money. Find there's no the time. results you get from like earthing a good, like there's positive results. For all those type of patients as well, you did. You, you know, I'll put it this way: It's like when I was when I was grew up when I was growing up on a ranch of cows, and I learned it. And my grandparents said, "You know, if you keep the pasture clean and pristine, the cows will be healthy. <laughs> and then if you go fix the problem, put the cows back out there, then they return to health. Mm. And they always Makes did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because the the body is a self healing mechanism, all you have to do is, I mean, if you have a health disorder, then something in your environment, something you're doing is interfering with your immune system's ability to maintain health. So if you remove what is interfering with that, then the body will only know to do one thing, return to normal. You know, it's like, you know, people have, have bungeon, you know, the big bun, bunions on the mm -hmm. side of their Yeah. Okay. Those go away. I never would have believed that, but they do. When you start going barefoot. Yeah, you know, definitely. I'm sure you've seen it. All the time, yeah. 
Yeah, but I never, I thought, you know, because here you look at all these women and they've got these bunions, they got all the problems with their feet. And so then they start going barefoot or wearing, you know, spending some time barefoot anyway or more time. Then their feet start, they straighten out, return to normal. It's crazy. I mean, the body knows how to do all this and um, we're just doing something that's interfering with it. So anyhow, it's really all that simple. We've done, you know, 20, 20 some studies now. They're all peer-reviewed, published, but it all really comes down to one thing. It's the immune system. The immune system is, um, <clears throat> if you have inflammation in your body, then the immune system is trying to clean up the damage that the inflammation is creating, and the, and the immune system is actually creating the inflammation that it's trying to clean up. So it's chronic, it's continuous, and so what that does is it compromises the immune system then you can't have health in other areas sometimes, or you're more susceptible to getting sick or whatever, or other uh, more serious mm. health disorders. So it's all about the immune system. Grounding is about the immune system. Grounding is about putting the fire out so that the immune system can restore health. But you still, people are still going to wear shoes. They're still going to, do what they do and they're they're gonna they still have to have docs and they still have to have everything this isn't going to stop any of that all this is going to do is help you get better outcomes <laughs> so what's the minimum uh, like amount of earthing we should be doing uh you know daily weekly and, and can you overdo it is there like a, a cap on this can you over earth no it's like the animals in the wild you know as you put a horse in a stall in the barn, put a rubber mat down. That's what they do. Put the horse in the stall, take him off the ground, and all of a sudden he's going to start coming up lame and start developing some arthritis. So you put him back, and when he gets arthritis, then the vet works with him for a while, and then eventually they say, oh, now we got to put him back out to the pasture. Put him out to the pasture, and then it heals up, then he comes back and does it again. <laughs> it's really that simple. I mean, it's health is natural. Health is our most natural state. If you don't have health, then you're doing something or it's a lifestyle or something that you're doing yourself, smoking or this or that, or you name it, too much alcohol. Wearing and, shoes. <laughs> yeah, and wearing shoes. But, but you know, shoes are, you know, it's part of our culture. And so what needs to be done is the shoe companies have to put some carbon in the, in the conductive, or conductive carbon in the uh, soles of the shoes and then solves the problem. It's gone. Mm. Then you, so is there a certain ma like area? So for shoes, I mean, I'm pretty anti-shoe anyway. I normally recommend like barefoot shoes more from a postural movement point of view. But if you were to earth shoes or ground shoes, how much contact needs to be on the ground and how much contact needs to be on your skin for it to be effective? Well, not a whole lot, to be honest, but uh, you can take a piece of copper wire and tie it around your shoe and put it inside the shoe, and, uh, you know, that'll ground you well. I mean, if you're playing golf, if you're a golfer, remember when you used to have, the, I don't know, maybe you don't remember, we used to have cleats, metal cleats on the golf shoes. Yeah. Those guys were always grounded. Um, <clears throat> but anyhow, I've taken golfers and uh, just drill a hole through their shoe Take a piece of wire and, uh, you know, like 20 gauge, 
18 gauge wire and flare it out, you know, stranded wire, and then tape it on the inside, put about three or four inches outside, and then it'll get all gnarly and meshed up underneath the bottom of the foot or the bottom of the sole. And, uh, and then the other, the, you tape the other piece inside just so there's enough of it still touching uh, the foot, the sock, or anything, because your feet sweat when you're, you know, you, you have shoes on. So, conduct, conduct electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the socks are fine. So anyhow, um, yeah, what they're going to find is they can go play 18 holes and have 50% of the energy, if not as much, as they started with. Where otherwise, you just, every, you know, as the game goes on, you just wind down. Um, it's like me, I'm 75, I can walk five miles grounded. I can't walk a mile ungrounded. I mean, I know a shoe that's not grounded, or if I'm not barefoot, then I, I can't do that. Do you feel it that quickly? If you take that grounding sort of mechanism away, you'll feel fairly quickly pain again? Yes. I'm not, no, there, I'm, there I'm talking about ATP. I'm talking about pain, energy. My energy drops. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So anyhow, that, as far as to answer your question on the pain, you know, it depends on where you're starting from. If um, you're fairly healthy, then, you know, any amount of grounding is good. Even if it's only five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes a day, it's best to do a half hour in the morning, half hour at night. That's really going to change your life because you, you, when you go to bed, you're going to have discharged a lot of the stress and static in your body. Mm. And then when you get up in the morning, you're kind of achy and stiff a little bit. It helps get rid of all of that. Um, but if you can, so that's for people who are healthy. You know, people who have pain, chronic pain. Like I say, if you have pain, you have inflammation. So. Um, the question is, is how long can you go ungrounded before your pain comes back? That is the question. You can't be grounded too much. The animals in the wild, you can't be grounded too much. You, so but you can be not grounded yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, you can't be grounded enough because in nature, you don't have inflammation. You don't have what we call inflammation. Inflammation is not the uh, oxidative burst. The oxidative burst does go in and uses I guess you can call it fire. It oxidizes, you know, pathogen. But that unwinds, and that's the end of it. It's done. But if, when it goes on, that's what they call inflame. Now we've started a fire. Your body is inflame, inflammation. Mm. You know, you. So inflammation is not a. That's why it was never used before, uh, 2000, 2004, because nobody used the term. I mean, it was. You know, sir, the body's not going to be on fire. <laughs> well, um, and so anyhow, but people who have MS, let's say, you know, probably 75% of all women the age of 35 to 55 have an autoimmune, auto uh, their health is compromised, autoimmune disorder. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything from arthritis to MS to lupus, fibromyalgia is precursor to those. It's the same thing. It's all the same family. Um, but anyhow, in pain, they're in, they are, one, once they get pain, then they, you know, they, you, you have elevated cortisol. The cortisol um, produces, you know, and, and if you don't discharge it and get grounded for a half hour or something after you've had a fight or flight experience. But anyhow, if they don't get grounded, women do not get grounded at all, hardly. So they're storing all of this excess charge in their body from the, fight or flight responses and all of the energy and 
and just the static and the static electricity and, and the EMF charges. So they, they start out with anxiety, irritability, and then it goes, and as that goes on, because they're, they're stressed, they're in a chronically stressed state, a chronically elevated sympathetic state. It, this is, it's about fight or flight and cortisol. So as this goes on, it creates pain and inflammation. And then the pain and inflammation creates more cortisol, more fight, you know, more fight or flight responses. So all of a sudden, uh, <clears throat> I mean, they're, they're irritable. I mean, you know, in the United States, 80% of all women sleep alone. Now, that seems odd. You know, people are married, they have families, they have kids. But why do women sleep alone? We are social animals. You know, it's because they have too much pain and their husbands usually aren't attentive, attentive enough. Or they've been in love, fallen out of love, they've had loss, whatever. You can, it goes on and on and on. But it's because of how they feel. It's because of the stress they have in their bodies and the pain and the anger and the loss and the, all of these things. So their bodies are, they need to get grounded. Women need to get grounded. Guys go play golf or they go out and accidentally get grounded just by playing in the garage or something. But women need to purposefully ground themselves through discharge. Uh, they don't I'm like that. seeing more of that now with, um, you know, high rise office workers, especially in big cities that might be sitting there stressed all day and, uh, yes. you know, in shoes and off the ground then go home yeah. and sit on the couch and then sleep and then do it all again the next day. They, yeah. You know, what you're just saying makes sense, right? They'd be storing up all that, uh, all that, um, you know, negative sort of energy, electricity um, and not grounding it. Once they do eventually ground, does that sort of get rid of it all at once? Is that how it kind of works? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's rather instant. But what happens as soon as you ground, I mean, you will discharge. I mean, electric, that's why everything is so fast. You're dealing with electrical here. It's the speed of light. So as soon as you get grounded, you're going to have an instant discharge. But you have all this damage going on. So now the immune system has got to start cleaning it up. Yeah, okay. Which is probably why you feel so good after a swim in the ocean or, you know, I surf. And exactly. I always kind of find it hard to explain the feeling after a swim in the ocean or whatever. But I always do say to people, like, I feel, you know, and, and prior to knowing exactly what being grounded did on a, on a you know inside our bodies yep. you just kind of you feel grounded like you feel just like you've let everything go and ready to start that's fresh what? again um yeah, and that's just a natural that's just a feeling i've always had after surfing or or mainly surfing being in the ocean um yeah. makes a lot more sense now as to what's actually happening but yeah it's, it's funny and it's what takes you to the ocean it takes you <laughs> you you want to go surfing it calls you <laughs> You got to get rid of the stress. Your body knows. Mm. <clears throat> it's funny, isn't so, it? So, for people who can't, um, and when I say can't, I guess, you know, we can all earth, but say you do live in uh, like a high rise building or, um, you know, you, yeah, you don't want to actually take your shoes off and go barefoot, what can we do or is there anything we can do? to facilitate grounding without actually getting out uh, in nature? Well, there and are. And without running uh, electrical tape out our windows? <laughs> right. Uh, well, it, you know, the whole thing is absurd when you think about it. I have to do this to get 
you know, I, I didn't know. I lost this thing. I can't even see it, but it's, you know, I mean, I'm talking about ground. But so anyhow, what can you do? What are the things that people do that make them feel good? One, they take a shower. So showers are grounded? Yeah, showers are grounded because the water, the cold water for sure is grounded. And and what do women like more than anything else? They like to take a bath, a hot bath. So taking a shower, taking a bath, that's one way, uh, especially if you've got uh, I mean, some of the stuff, they'll have plastic pipes, uh, you know, in, in I, I don't know what, what the codes are down there. But the cold water pipes are always in copper, and they're always grounded, and they're coming out of the earth. Uh, and so, so the, you know, you have that. Now, if you live in a high rise, um, you probably have, it's probably a concrete building with concrete floors. Uh, and it's grounded to the earth so that high rise is grounded uh, you can take and put your feet if there's any bare floor most of the time it's full of carpets and all that kind of stuff um, <clears throat> but if you can find some bare concrete in in your in your home uh, and if you're in a concrete building then it is grounded um, you know, the, the only thing you can do otherwise, I mean, if you have a fireplace, sometimes the fireplace is, you know, the little hearth thing in the, out in front, there's stone or whatever, that's grounded normally. Um, any kind of uh, earthen tile, um, like saltile tile, those kind of tiles, they're grounded. Um, but anyhow, so to keep it simple, you can go put your hands on a cold water pipe or turn on the cold water and just hold hold the cold water faucet for a few minutes. It's going to discharge you. You're going to feel better. Wash your hands in cold running water. You're going to feel better because it's going to ground you. Hmm. Do it for as long as you can. You don't want to waste water. But, um, <clears throat> but, but the best thing to do if you can, see, like if you're in a high rise, you got a patio. Mm -hmm. Take, a, take a, you know, a quart of water and pour it on the concrete on the patio because all concrete holds moisture. But rather than have, the, have it suck the moisture out of your body, just take a, sit down on a chair, put some cold, put some water on the concrete, create a little puddle, just so it's damp, that's all. Take your shoes off, put your feet there, and sit there and enjoy the view. You're, you're grounded out just like you'd be grounded out downstairs on the sidewalk or in the park. Yeah, wow. So there's, there's things you can do. Uh, let's see, what else can you do? Uh, you have to take you have to make some you have to take some kind of an effort to do this. Um, but I what I tell people most of all just take you know go down if you can go find some grass and take a chair and take your shoes off just sit down and put your feet and your hands on the earth and notice what happens to your pain your demeanor how your energy comes up and you, you, it's hard to be mad it's hard to be angry when you're sitting on the earth or when you're grounded. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, anyhow, so it, it, yeah, every environment's a little bit different. People have to be a little bit creative, but you do have cold water, cold water pipes. They're grounded. Uh, you can tie a piece of copper wire around your cold water pipe if you had to, and run it into the bedroom and hold it, and wrap it around your toe at night, whatever. Like I did in the beginning, yeah. or whatever. Depends on how much pain people have. They will do a lot. I mean, they will do a lot. But then that was one of the reasons why we come up with those simple products. We didn't ever, we never meant to be in business of selling product. 
when we did our studies, everybody wanted the pads after the studies were done. The researchers wanted them. The subjects wanted them. Then they wanted them for their families, for their relatives, their moms. And so we accidentally got into this business. And we started with the bed and putting a pad in the bed or a mat in the, in the bed on a mattress because <clears> – <throat> People don't like compliance. You know that as a doctor. They, don't, yeah. they won't comply. So the, the compliance is out the window. So what can you do that there's no compliance, no effort, no work? They don't do anything except one time. So I said put a mat in the bed under the sheet, and that way they don't have to do anything except come home, lay down, and go to sleep. That's a pretty good prescription. Go yeah. home, go to sleep. <laughs> it's pretty hard not to comply with that, especially if you're feeling not the greatest. <laughs> And, and and there's, you know, we're probably 10, 12 years old company. I mean, as a company, to 10. And we've sold over a million of those products, and we have never advertised them. They're starting to advertise now a little bit, trying to turn it into a real business. But people buy it. They experience it. You can, you can talk until you're blue in the face. They're not going to believe you. But as soon as they experience it, then they're going to say, oh, my goodness, this is this is real. Yeah. Then they, want, they start out with it simplest thing that they can buy and then they use it for a few days and they give it to their mother and then they buy something else they give it to their sister buy something else so it's a female business 99 percent of our customers are female between the ages of 35 and 55 we are now getting a lot of these millennials and younger people because it makes sense to them yeah they, well it's becoming more of a uh a spoken about you know thing as well. Like I guess it's not as not as voodoo anymore. There is science behind it. There's yeah. people are more open minded, um, and people are starting to question. I guess the status quo a lot more. Um, yeah, which I think I think is a great thing. You know, people questioning questioning stuff. So yeah, it makes sense that people would be more open minded now to to try these sorts yeah. of products. So where can people well, find what's the um, the website? For the for the mats and things, there's a uh, there's a lady down you know there's a couple of them there in Australia that are distributed local distributors from earthing earthing.com. If you go to earthing.com uh, or earthinginstitute.net, they'll tell you who in Australia has that has them. Yeah, great. And um, <clears throat> you can get them, you can order them from the United States, but there's I think there's about twenty five bucks for extra shipping but so, uh, I'll look it up and put some links in the notes for the show just yeah. um, also wanted to just quickly ask as well with um, like 5G do you think with 5G sort of you know starting to become a bit of a, a thing around the world that's obviously going to create more uh, you know, like negative energy around the place potentially so is that even more reason for people to start looking into earthing and trying to discharge some you know some more of this uh noise as you put it before that's going to be in the air yeah well you, you know you know, but i have to back you up a little bit you know you started with you know radio am fm radio they were problems uh we had you know we've been adding signals into the environment for a hundred years almost and any one of them are you know, it's like the biggest problem out there is in the walls in your home, you have all of this unshielded uh, Romex 60 hertz or 50 hertz. I'm, I'm not sure what it is there. 
and you know it's radiating electric fields. So that's a, that's one of them. Uh, you've got every cord and electrical device in your home is ra- putting out frequencies. You have fluorescent lights that are putting out high frequencies. I mean, there's just a sea of this stuff. Five mm. G, five G is you know when they had one G, two G, three G, four G. You know, and I told, I remember telling people 20 years ago, I said, you know, they're complaining about it then. I said, well, I can guarantee you one thing. I can guarantee you that it's not going to stop. I can guarantee you that there's going to be 10 times more cell towers in 10 years than there are now. And what they, the reason they had to have more cell towers is because they, you know, 5G, uh, it's, they have lower power on the cell towers now. Because it doesn't have to go as far, but they had they had two problems. One is the power that your cell phone is you putting out to reach that tower, mm-hmm. that antenna, <clears throat> and then you've got the power of the antenna trying to reach, you know, maintain, you know, uh, the link with you. So, um, so by having more of these towers and lower power outputs, the, the actually the problem is probably a little less. But the the thing I try to tell everybody with 5G, turn your phone off at night, put it on air, put it on airplane mode, and that'll quiet that noise down like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, to answer your question, yes, it doesn't matter whether it's static electricity from wearing rubber sole shoes and walking across the floor, or if it's you know all the environmental noise in our home from the electrical appliances and. Uh, you know the the grid, everything, all of the FM, the AM, the police car, the two-way, everything that's out there. We're living in a sea of noise, and the only thing you can do to protect yourself is to ground yourself. That doesn't mean it's going to stop these things. There, you, the, the only thing way you can stop a signal is you have to turn it off. But that signal is going to be there. But if you can ground your body and and it's negative, then it's going to dampen the effect of any of that. In the lower frequencies, they're going to bounce off. They're not going to have any effect on you. High frequencies are a little different, but you're not going to absorb them. They're not going to penetrate the skin enough to, you know, it's, it's like I, I often mention to people, I said, you know, the thing you have to worry about or think about it this way. It's like <clears throat> there's no heat coming from the sun. The only things coming from the sun is radiation and electrons and photons and so on. But anyhow, so if you put your arm, arm out there, you know, you can feel the heat. But the heat is not coming from the sun. That's radiation. And the radiation is, you know, uh, exciting electrons in your skin and causing them to move rapidly. And that's causing burn. Mm. So if you go on top of a mountain, it's cold. If you go into space, it's freezing. There is no heat coming from the sun. So that's kind of the way all of these things are. So the most dangerous uh, EMF frequent or radiation or whatever out there is sunlight. That is the most dangerous. And we all know because we can get a sunburn. So now start backing down. So, But anyhow, these other things, they do what they do, if I can take a minute in case you want to use this piece of it. What they do is in the old days, we could go out in the woods or go anywhere and and we could feel everything around us. It's like we used to have this one saying, there's a bear in the woods. The reason you knew there was a bear in the woods wasn't because you could hear him or see him or smell him. 
is because the hair on your arms would stand straight up. <laughs> that means that he has an electric field, you have an electric field, and hair isn't, they're like antenna. And so they sense other electric fields and they signal the um, sympathetic nervous system, which all of a sudden, if it's you know something significant, then you have a, a spike in cortisol, fight or flight, and so now you're getting pre prepared whether you know to run or to fight. And it's like I used to, I always tell people about this little story about the rabbits. We used to have these rabbits, these jackrabbits, some years that we just overrun the pasture, and we'd be sitting out there babysitting the cows and. So here's the rabbits. They're sitting there eating grass like nothing ever happened. Or like, you know, that's what they do all day long. And then here comes a coyote. They sneak up on them. And you can see them because you're up on a rise. And the coyotes are sneaking up on them. And then all of a sudden, the rabbit will sense the coyote. And then coyote will jump. The rabbit will spring. And then the rabbit will start running zigzag back and forth across the pasture. The coyote is trying to catch him and the rabbit's got to have one eye on the coyote at all times that's why he zigzags mm -hmm. so and then so all of a sudden the coyote drops he just stops and he drops to the ground the rabbit will stop immediately and sit there and look at him and the rabbit will be sitting there quivering you know like he, he just had his life threatened yes. and then it isn't too long pretty quick then all of a sudden he has this big shake. Then he goes back to eating grass like nothing ever happened. So anyhow, so what he did is the threat's gone. So now he's got to ground out that the stress of that cortisol of that because that's all electrical. Everything is you know going on in our body is electrical. So everything is you know excited and you know over inflamed. So. As soon as the rabbit's sitting there, it grounds it out. So I tell that story because it's like in the old days, we could we were that way ourselves. But today we live in, in these cities where there is so much noise that we just get used to the noise. We don't respond to any of it unless somebody makes a, you know, drops a glass and breaks it or something. But anyhow, it's like these women, you know, they are more, women are more sensitive than, than men. They respond viscerally to any kind of a, loud noise or touch or I mean they just respond more and what that means is their fight or flight triggers more often and than like men do and so what happens is when they feel all this noise in the environment whether it's fluorescent lights or some people can't handle fluorescent light that's why some people can't handle LEDs some people can't sit in front of a TV set believe it or not really? but yeah, but it's it's those waves and that uh, frequencies that are bouncing your hair back and forth, and your body's it's there. But and if you've adapted to it and you're used to it, it's one thing. But but what happens is if you know, say a woman is gets goes into a fight or flight, then kicks up the cortisol, the cortisol. So she's sitting there like that rabbit, ready to run, and then. Uh, and she, she can't run. There's no place. She doesn't even know that she can run. But she, she can't fight. She can't run. 
but here's all this noise, here's all of this craziness going on around her. And so anyhow, the cortisol remains elevated. And the cortisol eventually is, if you don't stop it, then it's going to create, uh, you're going to become irritable, Ang you know, anxious, anxiety, just this feeling of stress. And, and, if, and then it's going to, that's going to create pain, and that's going to create more uh, sympathetic response, more cortisol. So it's, again, it's a vicious loop, and it's self-feeding. And <clears throat> there's many things that can cause this. I mean, you know, grounding will put out the fire. But, you know, what's feeding all of this inflammation and this stress in people? Um, it's like it's like they have 100 coyotes chasing them. And, all um, the time. <laughs> and they don't take time to go ground it out and get it out of their bodies. Mm. So if they can find a way to get it, that's why they like to go take a hot bath or take do certain things. They like to go have somebody do their men, you know, nails and, and pedicure because – you know, water and whatever, and somebody's touching them and, and grounds them out. Yeah. But there's a lot of things. So anyhow, it's really important for the family, uh, for moms to be grounded or to be allowed time to get grounded or to be learn about grounding. But they are the ones who carry the message. The men, they don't share things. But the women, they love grounding because it's something they can share with their friends and family. And it works and it doesn't cost anything. And if it does, I mean – Usually there's an older woman in the crowd who is the caregiver. She's the one who goes and buys all these things and gives them away anyway. <laughs> so but so that's what it is. It's like athletes, you know, you go out and you run around the track. Um, and then if you don't take those tennis shoes off and, you know, do a lap on the, on the grass on the side, get that out of your body, <laughs> you're going to be pretty stiff. You're going to have a lot of delayed onset muscle soreness in the morning. Which well, makes sense, doesn't it? That you need to be yeah, discharging all that as well, help with recovery. Um, I guess at the moment too, with um, you know what's happening around the world with this virus, I've been seeing a lot of uh, things popping up from you know naturopath friends and things like uh, talking about immune health. And one of the things that keeps popping up is to make sure you're grounding yourself as well to help with your immune system to help try and uh, you know fight off get you know getting this virus. So like everything you've like said through this, it really makes sense now as to why why it's so important that we do get in contact with the earth and and yeah, get rid of this or discharge this energy. Well, the main thing you need to know is you can't have inflammation if you are grounded. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So that's the message. So how long can you go ungrounded? Before I'm really excited to um, I might have to change my tact a bit because I mean normally when I'm I see a lot of people who have inflammation and soreness you know and they're in some sort of pain normally when they come and see me and i'm normally working on their uh you know physical body first um and then getting them out of shoes a bit later on once i see their posture improving and they're strong enough to to get barefoot but i think i need to flip that a bit now and and start playing around with uh getting them barefoot a bit more often earlier on and seeing what effect that has as well on some of these these issues that i've been seeing over the years you know, we have this one thing called a patch kit. What it is, it's got two 20-foot coil cords and a little thing you adapter you plug in. And then we take uh, EKG patches, and you put one on each foot on K1 and plug them in and just let them sit there for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
they have any pain, the pain will go away. But it's life-changing because, you know, in nature, the way our bodies are, our hands and our feet are our ground paws because that's we have more nerve endings in our feet mm. and our hands yep. than anywhere else. And so when you ground, you touch the earth and you, and, and you perspire more in the palms of your hands and the bottom of your feet. So when you touch the ground or a live plant with your hand or your feet with the ground, then the, that's the pathway that these electrons travel through the body. They travel on blood, but these electric, I mean, these uh, meridians, we've done a lot of studies where it affects, you know, it, it affects everything. Every, everything, is, everything is systemic in the body. When you ground, everything is electrical in the body. So what it does is it just creates ground. I mean, it's, it's a platform. It's a stabilization for the whole body. But, but most people do have feet problems and, and, and they have a lot of pain. And sometimes uh, we just tell them, they just tell them to sleep with those patches on for a few days and it'll, I mean, it'll instantly knock the pain out, but you want to keep the inflammation down while you're healing. If you're not grounded when you're sleeping, then wear them while you're sleeping and, and, and give the immune system a little extra help. <laughs> mm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I will send I will send a few of those down to you. Yeah, but if you can send me um, like a link to these as well, so I can put it in the show notes to um, okay. for people to log in and, and have a look at this themselves as well, because um, yeah. they sound amazing. They sound like a great place for people to to start yeah. and to to start feeling these these benefits and changes. Yeah, and yeah we that. what's that? And we give these out free to all of the frontline medical people here in the U.S. That are in this on you know the COVID um, people are on front line there. Oh, that's a great idea. And the reason we do is because one, it's about lungs, so uh, you can sit down and just pat yourself for 15, 20 minutes, and it's just going to be totally invigorate the body. But if you start coming down with anything, if you take and put the patches on the chest or on the top part of the lung, and then what it does is it you know. It, What's taking these people out is they get the virus or the uh, you know the you know the COVID nineteen they they get the virus and it does what it does but it's the inflammation that is taking people out it is the immune system attacking you know you know trying to clean up the the virus but at the same time it's it's oxidating it's the collateral damage is taking place mm-hmm. and and that's what's creating the cytokine storms that's taking people out. So if you ground the lungs, it dampens or prevents the cytokine storm. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not supposed to be talking about this all out in the world yet, but anyhow, it's... Yeah, but it makes uh, sense, right? Like it's... It's the same after thing. After all you've said, in, you know, earlier on in the, in the um, like, episode, that just makes sense that if you put it <laughs> at the source where, yeah, where there is that storm, like you say, if yeah. you can, you know, settle that down, because that's yeah. right, you know, it sounds like... Um, there is like this just complex uh, kind of system overload that's going on where, you know, organs are shutting down and all this stuff's happening. Yep. That just makes sense if we can start to try and settle that down that, um, you know, and I'm not a, a doctor that deals with, you know, uh, right. this virus. So I can't, yeah, speak um, medically on it either, but it just it's making sense to me hearing it now after what you've just said that, yeah, it should settle that down and, and can, you know, potentially settle some of these uh, detrimental effects down that we're, we're seeing people have. Right. Mm, yeah, so, very interesting. 
Yeah, and then you know a lot of people I uh, that I've run across that have um, problems on the bottom of their feet, now like that Bichette's disease. That that's an inflammatory thing, or a lot of the you know uh, the bottom of the foot when it becomes inflamed and it's sore and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, diabetes and so on. Using the patch for those people is just life changing. Yeah, right. Absolutely life changing. So. You know, it's it's it is what it is, and um, it's just the amazing. That- like the more I've uh, and through the the podcast, I've been lucky enough to speak to you know lots of people. I, I tend to delve into the the natural health world. Um, right. It fascinates me, and and the more I delve into it all, it just seems like the simpler we get. It's just we're missing a lot of simple things that we can well, be doing that just our body was designed to be a part of. Um, and that, yeah, like you said before, you know, we can thrive if in the right situation. And um, I mean, like I said, I, I've known about earthing. I've looked into bits and pieces around it. Um, but this just has really just clarified to me how important it is and that it should be something that, I mean, we were obviously designed to, to be grounded. Like we weren't designed to be walking around on unnatural surfaces or unnatural uh, you know, shoes. Yep. So it does, it just, yeah, it's, it's been a, a bit of a light bulb moment for me that um, I'll be, and I earth a fair bit anyway. Like I'm, you know, like I said, I surf and, and we'll be barefoot, but I'll be definitely trying a lot harder to uh, <laughs> to earth even more yeah. to, um, to try and put my body in the best state it can be. Yep. Well, <clears throat> yes, you know, sleeping grounded is, you know, the, the simplest. Uh, what do they call it? Biohack. Yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, they. You know the biohackers up here. This they push. They push a lot of product because it's especially the athletic groups. Mm. Because well, they, like you they said, need, it's so simple. There's nothing you need to really yeah, do nothing. other than wire the bed up. <laughs> but it's like even even in your situation, it's you're not going to put yourself out of business because you might get a lot more business because you've got a solution. Most of these people, you know, they need to get rid of the inflammation in their feet. Oh, I'm not worried about going out of business. It's actually been my goal since starting all the barefoot rehab. It's, yeah. it's been my goal to, to, you know, look into different treatment options and natural health yeah. solutions. I, I want to put myself out of business. That's been my goal since I started what I'm doing. It's exactly. essentially, and like you said before, it's never going to happen. There's always yeah. going to be things that make people unwell or move poorly, but it's my goal to try and put myself out of business. If I can make yeah. as many people well as I can, then I feel like I'm, you know, that's kind of why I got into health in the first place. Well, when you get these patches and start playing with them, uh, you're going to be excited. Oh, I'm already excited. <laughs> so amazing. I'll get those off to you. Yeah, amazing. And I'll, uh, for those of you listening in, I'll you know keep checking on my my social medias or um, you know join the the mailing group and I'll, I'll put a review as well on these on these patches once I, I give them a try and and let sure. you know some of the benefits that I I feel as well and, and what I know notice so um, yeah keep an eye out for that too. Um, so Clint, look, thank you so much for for coming on today. Um, I enjoyed it. Oh, it's I been, do. This has been um mind blown i'm gonna to have to listen back to this half a dozen times to to take it all in there's been so much gold information in there and um you know i'm sure people listening in would have taken um, you know so much away as well like something so simple yeah. um 
like but also so complex <laughs> it's yeah. just yeah it's amazing that it's kind of that it's not more mainstream but you're doing a great job of of getting it out there um and you know and being an ambassador for for earthing and and you know supplying these amazing products to to people around the world so yeah thank you for for all you're doing with it as well and the research that you've um been a part of um cool. yeah is there anything else you want to add in before we uh before we wrap up uh, the only thing is there is a movie called The Earthing Movie. It's on YouTube. Yeah. No commercials. It's free. And it's about an hour and 15-minute documentary. Uh, and it's got everybody from uh, Sinatra to Mercola to you name it and a handful of subjects with MS, lupus, those kind of things. And we even have uh, one fellow that uh, – spent 30 years at the FDA, and he said this is the most important um, device that's ever come across his desk, wow. I mean, for what it does. So is that a and, new documentary? Yes. Oh, wow. It, it's been, you know, it, was, it went out to the film festivals last year, and it's just sitting there on YouTube. We're not, we're not sure how to market it yet. I didn't want to give it away or license it. I wanted it to be available to anybody and everybody. Mm, okay. That's amazing. I'll be jumping on that tonight and uh, and watching that for sure. And like I okay. mentioned at the start too, there's also the uh, the Earthing book. Um, yep. So if you want to you know delve even deeper and look into uh, like in the book, there's all different types of conditions that um, yep. you know have been treated yep. and different science references and and even more in depth about how uh, like the mechanism of you know how Earthing works. And uh, the yep. book is a great a great read to to really sink your teeth into all the ins and outs of earthing and, you know, the science and stuff behind it. So be sure to check that out too. Um, I'm sure you can get that on uh, your website, I'm guessing, and I'm pretty sure I've got my copy on uh, Amazon here in Australia. Um, All the bookstores, Amazon. Yeah, they'll all have it. It goes into way more detail than, you know, than we obviously have today, but I'm sure today you would have got a, you know, a really good place to start and, and, I'm sure for a lot of you, it would have really kickstarted, um, you know, some thoughts and some queries around, um, you know, earthing and wanting to look into it more because it's definitely something that, yeah, is important and it can't be missed. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something that we need to be um, taking seriously and and needs to be become more mainstream. And check out that documentary. I'll put I'll put links in the bottom of all this anyway, so okay. I'll find the documentary link and we'll have that there. The the websites. Um, I'll have it all there for you guys to to spend hours and hours of hunting into and looking into um, earthing and and then let us know how you go. Like if if you try earthing or if you have tried earthing, um, yeah, jump on online, jump on um, either Facebook or, or Instagram. I'm on as the Barefoot Podiatrist. Um, let me know how you go with it as well. It's great to get feedback and hear people's experiences with um, these type of uh, you know, treatments or, um, you know, things. Um, and do you have much social media going on, Clinton, or is it more more through the website? You just kind of go on um, earthing.com, earthinginstitute.net, uh, and they link to about everything. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of anywhere and everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, good. So yeah, either you know, jump on and, and check out some of the social media there too, because I'm sure you'll find 
you know, some of the, yeah. the you know, current research and things as well that, that pop up and different interesting facts and things. So, so uh, yeah, thank you again for, for spending some time with us. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm really excited uh, for everyone to hear this episode. Um, so thank you once again. Huge thank you from, from here in Australia. You bet. Let me know if you have any questions or anybody does. They can, can talk anytime and uh, follow up if you need to. Awesome. Will do. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. You bet. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.